Welcome to the Wine or Milk podcast, where each week we rewatch and review nostalgic movies and media from our childhood to see if they age like wine or like milk. I'm Kyle. And I'm Jess. And for this episode, I am nominating us to watch A Knight's Tale. Our first movie from the 2000s, but it's early 2000s, 2001. I love this movie, though. And it's been a while since I've watched it, so mostly just nominating it as an excuse to watch it again. I still think you picked the wrong movie for the first 2000s movie. It's a similar, I think the the good pick, it's a similar movie, also about a fearless knight. <laughs> um, it's called Shrek. Oh, God. <laughs> it's about an ogre that fights to keep his property. Shrek is a solid movie. Yeah. But I've seen it more recently, and I really, I really, really love this one. And if we're talking nostalgia, like, obviously Shrek, I think, is, like, crazy nostalgic for lots of people our age. But, like, for me, A Knight's Tale is really, really nostalgic. I have super fond memories of watching this for the first time with my dad. We we went into it, like, really blind. We just, like, heard kind of cool things about it, and it looked fun. So we, like, picked it up from Blockbuster and brought it home to watch it. And, like, literally from the opening scene, we were just like, what are we watching? It was took us completely by surprise. It was full of laughs. I'm so excited to watch it again. It's funny you say that because when I saw this movie, too, we walked to Video Den and picked it up, which was like local blockbuster for us. Yeah, I actually never had a blockbuster membership. No? Mm Mm-mm. My dad and I would go to blockbuster. Like, that was our thing. Every weekend we would go to blockbuster. We'd pick out a movie. We'd get a pizza. And, like, that's what we'd do on our Friday night. I want to do that right now. I know, right? I miss Blockbuster. Well, not Blockbuster, but, like, video rental stores, you know? I kind of miss it. Like, it was fun going in and just being blind. And, like, it was like Netflix with much higher stakes. Like, you yeah, know, you had you to pick what was change. there. <laughs> you can't just be, like, halfway through, like, F this. I'm going to put on my old favorite TV show, you know? Yeah. Remember when, like, a new movie would come out and... The whole wall, it had like a whole wall of that one movie. Like literally like 200 copies of the same thing and then going there and there being literally none left. <laughs> the worst. Or you, and you flip them all over just to see. Just to check everything around it. And they're like, you know, did did this crappy movie, did somebody hide it behind there or something? Yeah. And then they try to make the mobile clinic, the red box. Yep. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, yeah, like I said. This movie just holds a lot of nostalgia of like that feeling of being a little kid, little-ish kid. I was 10 when this came out. Going to Blockbuster with my dad, picking up movies and just like, I don't know. It was something I really looked forward to whenever I was at my dad's house for the weekend. And I think of all the movies I ever watched with my dad, for whatever reason, this one is like that cornerstone memory for me. Do you think that Blockbuster knew when Netflix came out that that was the end? Oh, no, they like legit thought netflix was nothing gotcha so they thought it was I like think they had a chance to buy them for like like a paltry amount of money and and said no so block I, I like this the analogies i've been doing blockbuster is <laughs> to netflix as yahoo is to google yeah yeah i think that's i think that's exactly correct poor guys didn't even know it was coming you feel bad for him almost you almost do you, you almost, almost feel do. bad Especially now, because like Netflix used to be phenomenal, and now I feel like you're slugging through so much trash to find something good. Yes and no. I mean, it was wonderful because it had all of those contracts, so it was just scooping up media, and it had everything. Everything was on Netflix. But I think that they've done a good job pivoting as that business model has become unsustainable with you know Peacock and stupid other ster- services spinning up. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Peacock, if you're listening, we will do a sponsorship, though. Um, <laughs> sorry, I called you stupid. <laughs> but I, yeah, think, I think they're really in the market for our podcast. They are. <laughs> but I think Netflix has done a good job making original content. Like, I really loved Queen's Gambit. I loved it. That was the best one in a while, I would say. I've heard uh, the other new one is pretty solid as well. I can't Bridgerton, Bridget, Bridgerton, Bridgerton, Terabithiaton. No, that's a sad book. <laughs> that's a sad book, not a Netflix show. I can't remember what it's called, but yes. Anyway. The Night's Tale. I know you want to talk about a Night's Tale. I'm sorry. I, I, was I, just got, I just started thinking about Netflix and, you know, I wonder if getting you your DVDs mailed to you. Maybe. That'd be fun. Well, I remember... When we first started, like, binging shows, it was because of Netflix, and, uh... It changed my brain chemistry. I will honestly say Netflix changed my brain chemistry. Oh, for sure. But we were were binging them on the DVDs still, so my dad would, like, pre-order, like, 18 discs, and we would try to just make sure we had them all to work through. It all started with 24. That was our big binge show. Anyway. (laughs) Night's Tale. Uh, you've seen this, right? I've seen it. I don't really remember a lot of it. I watched it as a kid, too. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. I mean, I remember that although it takes place in, like, medieval times, they have a lot of, like, current references. Like, they have the... The... The, the, the yeah. opening. It yeah. really... That's the part that just slapped me and my dad in the face, and we were like, what did we get into? And we got so excited. It's a great opening. It reminds me of, like, a wannabe... Like, I feel like... It's trying to do what Robin Hood Men in Tights did, but like more modern at that time, you know, bringing in like all the pop culture and all those mm-hmm. things and, you know, breaking the fourth wall in some ways, you know. I also think that this is a significantly better movie than Robin Hood Men in Tights. You haven't seen Robin Hood Men in Tights in a long time. I think you. I've seen it more recently than this one. Have you? Mm-hmm. Huh. Because, and the reason I'll say that is I think that. This movie does a fantastic job skirting the line between comedy and a serious movie. Not like overly serious, but like that ending is really solid. Like it, it the stakes are there. You're like rooting for the underdog and stuff. Like I, I think it's a surprisingly complex movie in some ways, given how it presents itself. Hmm. I don't remember enough of the plot. I just this is what I remember. Yeah. Give it to me. Heath Ledger wants to joust. Kind of. Yeah. Or he has to, for whatever reason. Money, probably. I yeah, think he's like money. A, he's involved. like a squire or something like that. And oh, the person he's... I remember the guy that he's supposed to be, the supposed to be jousting is like a drunk or something or dies. Yeah, he dies. But he needs like money. So he jousts in his place and borrows his armor. Exactly. Yep. Um, And then does he continue re- assuming that identity throughout the movie? I think later on they find the character played by i can't remember his name he's in a lot of stuff he was in um the da vinci code or maybe angels and demons whatever one as like the dude that like hits himself on the back plays himself anyway he i think forges them knight's documentation so that Mm -hmm. they can go around and he competes as his own person gotcha either way though he's in it for the money but then i feel like there's also a love story because there has to be there's always a love story and something happens where him being in love probably puts his his gig at jeopardy or something. I don't know. Kind of, yeah, because he has like a romantic rival who's also a jousting rival who's like, I don't trust this dude. I'm going to try and find a way to undermine him. He's like trying to figure out if this is a real knight, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But great cast. 
too. Like Heath Ledger, uh, Alan Tudyk, the dude who's King Robert in Game of Thrones, and then the other dude that oh I just God. mentioned <laughs> from Angels. Of Honor Demons them with their names. I'm wicked bad at names. It's a, it's a really strong cast, like really, really strong. And I love Heath Ledger. I know I you do. I He's know like you do. my number one celebrity crush. Also shocked that the first Heath Ledger movie you that you didn't nominate 10 Things I Hate About You because you talk about it all the time. <laughs> Wait, that's such a good Literally point. Literally <laughs> all the time. I don't know how that happened. I'm saving that one for Valentine's Day. Oh, jeez. Well, I hope I get the Valentine's Day episode so we don't no. watch it. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember being funny. I remember being a pretty good action movie. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And like you said, lots of modern elements thrown into it. They have a pretty funny soundtrack because of that, where they use like classic pop culture songs in the movie. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how that goes. To be honest. like, I'm a little worried that some of it isn't as relevant now, potentially. Yeah, no, I, it, it's a good question. So I guess that brings us really great segue into what do you think? How do you think this one's going to age? This is hard because I. Going into it, I try to be optimistic, and mm-hmm. all of these movies are generally nostalgic for me, unless I haven't seen them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I'm gonna go, I always go in optimistic. I think it's going to be a wine. From what I remember, it was really good. Yeah. I, I similarly do think it is going to be a wine. Although, like, you know, talking about our rubric, I think the thing that we need that could potentially sour is how the deliberate pop culture references that were put into this movie for comedy's sake if those hold up nearly 20 years later, are those references still going to be relevant so that we can like laugh about them? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even remember what was popular 20 years ago. Really? Shrek. <laughs> the Shrek references? Because then it would be funny. I think not. Shrek still holds up. I, I do think, yeah, probably Shrek does hold up. Like if you wanted to know how I thought Shrek age, I would say why. <laughs> but I guess for you, is there something you're worried about that you think might sour this? Yeah, I guess just like are there other references that they put in to be funny? Mm-hmm. Like, are those modern references still relevant? Um, having some weird flash images of doesn't the guy basically cheat? He has like a hollow bullet as a jousting stick. He like breaks off the thing, the protector thing and tries yeah. to stab him. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hollow tip bullet right through the bulletproof vest, you know, cheater. So you think you, I don't think it's gonna you, affect how it ages. I'm just remembering parts of the movie. Yeah, it's I'm just gonna, starting to come back to me. I was like what, like a plot about cheating is just too much for you to swallow. So I don't like cheaters. <laughs> I like fair sportsmanship. I also don't like gloating when you win. So if he gloats don't. when he wins, I'm gonna be like, mm-mm, Heath. Not mm-mm, sexy. Heath. Don't do it. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so I think the probably the pop culture stuff is is the riskiest. Oh, and there's a naked man running around in the beginning. Yeah, that's the dude that uh, forges the documents for them. The gotcha. guy whose name I can't remember. I remember there's a naked naked man running around. Naked man, yeah. So, you know, it's starting to come back to me as I sit here. Mm-hmm. One other bit that I can't quite remember how it was handled is, I know, like you said, Heath Ledger has his love interest and she's like some noble woman and stuff. Yeah, and the guy that stabs him, he wants to bang her too. Yep. My memory is that she's kind of not like a super strong character. Maybe she is. I can't I can't quite remember, but maybe that could be something that sours, too, is how, like, they portray women in this historical setting. Oh, yeah. Like, he, she throws one handkerchief at him and he's, like, in love. I think she actually does give him a token, which is, like, a, a handkerchief. Yeah. It's a fruit of love. Yeah. Could be that. But yeah. That and she's probably, like, pretty. He's like, oh, it's my you soulmate. Know, that's the thing. I never really thought she was that pretty. You no, know, she's, like, a Hollywood actress, so. Yeah. 
by far better looking than anyone we probably interact with, interact with on a daily basis. Besides you, of course. Ugh, God. <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> um, nice try. <laughs> but yeah, I, I overall, I think more likely than not for me, this is going to be a wine. I remember being really funny, a solid story that like really kind of ropes you in. And um, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I, I really can't wait. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the day where we're really hyped to see something and we come back after watching and we're just like, that was shit. Free Willy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say I was excited to watch Free Willy. <laughs> I was a little excited to then. Uh... I'd rather pop my eyeballs out with a teaspoon. Ooh. Oh my God. I'd have to watch Free Willy. You really again. don't like that movie. I really didn't like Free Willy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, though, I'll give you some facts about this movie so we can go watch it. Okay. A Night's Tale. Came out May 11th, 2001. It was directed by Brian Helgeland. Not sure if that's correct. Uh, produced by Todd Black, Brian Helgeland, and Tim Van Rellum. It was written by Brian Helgeland. So I'm happy just, you have to say this over I really again. wish it would make me. It is based on The Knight's Tale by Jeffrey Chaucer. And one of the characters' names is Chaucer. Wow, that's actually... I did not know that. That's a fun fact. And I had to read... The Knight's Tale by Jeffrey Chaucer, and I didn't recognize the story. Wikipedia is saying that it takes its title from The Knight's Tale in the Canterbury Tales, although the plot is not similar. Okay, that makes sense, because I had to read. I remember my ninth grade English class, we, it was like English lit, mm -hmm. and I had to read all this old English stuff, like Beowulf yep. and Canterbury Tales. And I don't know if you know this, but they spell things very different. They do, yeah. Today, and also have <laughs> different words for different things, so. That was a fun time for my 15-year-old brain. It's funny how languages evolve. I know, right? Who would have thought? They don't say dope or dude. Or Gucci. <laughs> how am I supposed to know when they're chill? How am I supposed to know when things are good? It's a good question. Unless they don't tell me they're Gucci. <laughs> so A Night's Tale is starring Heath Ledger, Mark Addy, Rufus Sewell, Paul Bettany, and Alan Tudyk. Music by Carter Burwell. It had a budget of $65 million and grossed $117.5 million at the box office. And, and, and the running time. I'm saying <laughs> and so many times I do the math in my head. Two hours and 12 minutes. Oh, come on, man. I had it. It's a, it, the running time's an hour, 32 minutes, which is two hours. An hour, minutes. 32 minutes? Dang it. See, you, you, you flustered me. Minutes. You flustered me. Which is a little bit longer than I remember it being. It's a very long movie. I don't know if I can sit through two hours right now. <laughs> Netflix fried my brain, you know? I know, you need that instant gratification. I do. I need to know how it ends. We can watch, you know, the, the Queen's Gambit, which was like nine episodes or whatever, at 60 minutes an episode, all in one sitting. But in a movie that's 132 minutes, it's like, oh my god, what are you doing? I know, they expect me to sit there and watch it the whole time. Oh man. But yeah, I'm pumped to watch it. So let's go see if this one aged like wine or milk. What is that for? Oh, come on. <laughs> it's the best part of the whole movie, to be honest. It was the first, like, five minutes. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that outright. I think there's a lot of best parts of the movie, and that was one of them. Huh. Very yeah. diplomatic of me.
very diplomatic of me. The nature of a best part is it's the best. Like, it's the number one. Yeah, but sometimes people tie for gold medals. And there's only, at the most, only this can only be a three-way tie at the most. Can there? What if there's, like, five people that got the exact same floor, uh, score on their floor routine? It's actually a good point. I mean, it's very near impossible. I don't know what the rules are. You know it should be brought back to the Olympics. Hunger Games style, that if you all tie, then you can fight to the death for the medal. <laughs> was that ever in the Olympics? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like in Greece back in the day, like, people probably died Maybe. a lot in the Olympics. I was going to say jousting, though. Oh, you know, that would be pretty cool, actually. Because it was really fun watching those jousting scenes. And I looked it up because, you know, when, like, he's riding the uh, the horse and you can see through the little slit in the helmet that yeah. it looks like Heath Ledger? Yeah. I was like, is that is that Heath Ledger. So I looked it up, and it's literally him. He did all of his writing for this movie. Really? Including holding the lances and stuff. That shit looked heavy. My arm was tired watching him hold the lance. I, I thought the exact same thing. Apparently, they were wicked light because they were made out of balsa wood. Okay. That's why they probably exploded so much. And they would score it down the lance to help it explode, and then they would also drill holes in it. This is hilarious. You're never going to believe this. They filled the holes with uncooked linguine so when it shattered it would look like splinters flying all over the place but it was actually pasta well i hope they reuse it and boiled it later i highly doubt that well the horses probably <laughs> shit all over it and like yeah, stepped on it. it like you know got it's just going to waste though well it was used for great practical effects that that actually is blowing my mind because he did a good job acting like that lens was heavy as hell though oh my god yeah well i i'd imagine it was still unwieldy a little bit but because, I mean, it was like, it, it, those things, they looked like they were 15 feet long. Like, they're so, they're huge. And also, they were riding a specific type of horse that was, like, really beefy and meaty and stuff. The, all the actors were saying that was the worst part was because uh, they were so big and their legs had to be so wide. Like, they're it probably really sore, hurt their like, back. in their thighs. They were probably, like, stretching themselves out. There was an interview that uh, Heath Ledger did where he was saying that they literally had to, like, go to the chiropractor daily to, like, fix their discs in their back and stuff because oh of God. the horses. I would be miserable. I mean, it was hardcore, but apparently he had been doing... Keith Ledger was an Australian actor, so he had done, like, two or three movies in Australia where he's riding ho horses, and then he just did The Patriot. I love that movie. movie. So he was just, like, an old hat at riding horses at I this point. I love The Patriot. Mel Gibson-Heath Ledger combo. Yeah. Ugh, that's a good one. So a little bit off track there, but man, the, the horse scenes and the jousting and stuff was exciting. It was really fun. I, I mean, like, I'm really impressed with how real it was, you know? Yeah, it actually, I didn't even think about it because it just felt so real that I didn't even cross my mind it would be fake, which as I'm watching with a, with a, a critical eye, I probably should have caught on to that. But that's how real it was that I was just like, oh, yeah, they're jousting. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? It, really hits you that or like i guess not hits you it does the opposite of hits you it, it just draws you in you sink into it you're just like oh yeah i'm watching dudes joust this is cool this is a normal saturday yeah instead of football sunday you have jousting <laughs> saturday should have wings oh my gosh but yeah it was really fun it really like it's exciting and uh they spent a lot of time in the jousting scenes but i was pretty okay with it because they were just so cool i wish there was more jousting in the movie which would have been impressive because it was a pretty big part of it, but it was awesome. I just think about like, they talk about like pushing the human body to the limits. 
Imagine trying to get speared with a 15-foot pole while charging at someone on horseback. I know, man. No wonder they only had to do three rounds to find a winner. Because <laughs> yeah. it could really kill you. Oh, people definitely died at this. Probably pretty regularly, I mean. Relative to other sports, especially. Well, hopefully now, in this day and age, athletes, like, very rarely die. You know. Jousting to... athletes or just normal athletes? In general <laughs> athletes, right? <laughs> <laughs> professional jousters these days i don't i don't know how there's gotta still be like a league out there somewhere the jousting league that does some jousting like beer leagues for all the different sports but this one's a jousting league i hope they're not drinking while jousting (laughs) drinking while jousting oh god yeah a d d u j d u j no j u i a j u i j u i jousting under the influence i like that i thought i was gonna say you know how like people have like quidditch leagues and you do it on bikes or you just put the broom between your legs and run around. Yeah, I know, but the biking one is always more <laughs> impressive to me. You do jousting on bikes? I feel like, yeah. Yeah, I did that with my friends once. Jousting but, on bikes? But uh, we always chickened out. It was way too scary. You know, you use we a, had a wiffle ball bat. We had brooms. I would use a wiffle ball bat. We always chickened out. It was too scary. And I, it was because we watched this movie. I well, remember that now. this is probably why you're not a knight. Oh my god, no. <laughs> There's no way I could do this. There's no way. But anyway, give us the rundown because... This movie was full to the brim. I mean, it was really long. It was a really long movie. Two hours, 13 minutes. That's what we said, right? Or 12, I think it was two hours, 12 minutes. Yeah, it's pretty long. It definitely didn't drag as hard as some of our other long movies, though, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my, one man, one man's opinion. Yeah, I don't know if I concur on that one. OK, are you ready? So the movie opens and there's this man wearing armor slumped against a tree. In the morning light, <laughs> oh my little God. birds are tweeting in the tree. <laughs> Actually, that man is Knight Sir Ector, and he is dead. He's super dead. Bummer, he is super dead. And he has three, like, squires or, like, servant, like, henchmen, like, people. No, I think they are officially squires. They are definitely not henchmen because he's not a bad guy. Do henchmen have to be bad? <laughs> I feel like that's a thing. Huh. I guess like the Stooges, like um, Crab and Goyle from Harry Potter, they yeah. would be henchmen. Yeah, that but like Ron and Hermione aren't henchmen; they're squires to Harry Potter. Sure, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Either way, squires like a term of nobility, though. They're not noble people, but not though. that they are. But they are working for a noble because he's like a sir; he's a lord. Either way, he's the dead. knight is their boss, <laughs> and he is dead. And the squires consist of Roland, Watt, and Will. Will being played by Heath Ledger. Our main man. Our leading lady. So they're the squires and they're starving. They were really relying on Sir Ector, who has since died, to enter the tournament today for jousting and get some winnings so they could they could eat. They're yeah. they're like starving artists. They're starving <laughs> jousters, pretty much. Starving servants. Yeah. And, and Sir Ector was like right on the verge of winning. Yeah. Like right it's, there. So each like jousting round has three blows essentially, and there was like one last blow, and Ector's ahead as of right now. Yeah, I think like his he was up against one final person, and their points were so low that all he had to do was stay on his horse, and he would win. Yeah, like he could get hit, he could get pummeled. The only thing was just not fall off his horse, and he would win. So they're like really bummed because they were so close to getting paid and eating. And Will, our fearless leader. He said, you know what, what if I just ride in his place? There's a lot of pushback from Roland and Watt, his friends, because they're like, you have to be a noble person to compete. 
That's the rule in this day and age is you have to have normal blood. You have to be a knight to compete. You can't just be any old fool off the streets deciding to joust. So Will was like, screw that. I'll just pretend to be Sir Ector. I just have to get on the horse, ride one time, take a hit and not fall off and we can eat. Yep. Which is exactly what Will does. He goes in, pretends he's Sir Ector. Takes a brutal hit to the face. Right to the face. It actually dents his helmet onto his head. But he doesn't fall off. He doesn't fall off. Lucky for him, Will and Watt Watt and Roland, they get to eat. And right as Will is dishing out the winnings to his friends, he's like, you know, we're split most evenly three ways. But if we pool all of our money, we can have enough to train me up. And enter the next tournament. I think we could like seriously do this mm-hmm. and like just keep making money and like kind of make a fortune by jousting, you know, and entering tournaments. And his friends are pretty hesitant at first. They have a, like a big debate squabble scene that's pretty funny. And they eventually do agree like, you know what, there might be something to this. Let's get rich and then return back home once we have yeah. some more winnings. So... There is a pretty great montage scene to, oh, that's another thing I didn't talk about. That first scene where they're entering the tournament where World's going to pretend to be Sir Ector, we kind of get that like dose of modern life put in. In the crowd, they're all, you know, singing to We Will Rock You. The crowd's doing the wave. They're drinking and getting into little brawls. It actually looks like a great time. Yeah. Like, quarantine me is, like, I would literally kill to be at that tournament right now, doing the wave and drinking beers with a bunch of other people. Yeah. So that's, like, kind of the first, like, dose of inserting modern life into this medieval world. Similarly, while Will is, there's a montage of him training up with his friends and practicing the joust and um, practicing sword fight, they're playing the theme song to the George Lopez show, which has a name, Lowrider, apparently. Mm Mm-hmm. That I just didn't know because it's forever the George Lopez song. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just how I know it. That uh, that training montage though, wonderful, such a fun scene, and that's that was a great song to go with it too. Yeah, it flowed real well. Yeah, but yeah, we see Will like slowly getting better. He's getting more accurate with his lands. You know, he's practicing sword fighting with sticks and stuff. So you you see his progress. He did have to work for it a little bit. He's just not a, not a natural born talent all the way. You know. So Will, Watt, and Roland are walking to their next tournament, and they're kind of like talking about the next big thing we need to pull off is figure out how to prove your nobility, because that's going to be hard, because you have to be noble to joust. So conveniently, while they're walking to their next tournament and pondering this dilemma, a dirty, naked man named Geoffrey Chaucer starts walking his little way down. Mm -hmm. They start talking to him. He's like, you know. I'm the writer, Jeffrey Chaucer. Haven't you heard of me? And they're like, nah, dude. So they check out this deal with Chaucer. And he basically says, if you clothe me, if you put shoes on me, and you feed me, I'll draft up your papers of nobility or whatever the hell it is. Just paperwork, basically saying. Patents of nobility. Patents, whatever. Papers makes more sense to me. This was the dude I could not get his name right for the life of me in the intro. His name is Paul Bettany. And he's a huge actor. I, I don't know how I forgot this, but he's in he's Vision in all of the new Marvel movies. Oh, you know, it makes sense why you wouldn't recognize him, though, because his body is always painted. Yeah. But yeah, he he's huge. He's a he's a and Jarvis. Actually, he voices Jarvis and then goes on to be Vision. So as well as being in lots of other roles. But 
just wanted to do him some justice since I completely butchered explaining who this man was in the intro. Yeah, he's also naked a lot for this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's probably the best character. Oh my god, he's so funny and he, he acts him really, really well. His writing was great. I love his character. Yeah, he was he was awesome. It might be worth watching this movie just to see Jeffrey Chaucer in action. Yeah, honestly. So they like kind of strike a deal and and now Jeff has joined their trio. Now they're a, a quartet. I was going to say a quadro, so I'm happy <laughs> that you got that name right. <laughs> they're a quartet of men traveling through the countryside to be in a tournament. So they get to the tournament. Chaucer presents the paperwork. Will is now known as Sir Auric von Lichtenstein. Lichtenstein. Yep. I'm going to struggle with that one. Uh, Sir Auric von Lichtenstein. That's his new alias. I want to have an alias. We'll figure one out for you. I don't know. That would just be, I feel like that'd be so cool. Anyway, so Will is gearing up as Sir Auric, getting ready for his first official tournament. And he spots a woman walking through the streets who is so beautiful. It is love at first sight for him. A bonnie lass. Yep. And he, you know, follows her into a church on a horse and causes a big commotion. And she refuses to tell Will what her name is. She says, you are a hunter and I'm a fox and you are just into me because I'm a beauty. And shuts him down. Flirtatiously, though, shuts him down. Yeah, very flirty. She's not closing the door. She's leaving it cracked. She's yeah. making him work for it. So Will is, like, in love. And he also has really shitty armor, but still pulls off the win with the tournament. He wins the joust. Then he enters a sword competition. This is, like, the only time we see him fighting with a sword. And he does a really good job. He, he didn't win the joust yet. Oh, he didn't win the joust yet? No. He, he won his first round. He won his first round. He's doing well in the joust, but his armor got split. Okay, yeah. Uh, but he does win the sword. Yes. Okay. So he has crappy armor. He's doing well, though. For yep. a newbie, like, he's crushing it. He won his first round. Yep. So he takes a little break. He wins the whole sword competition, which apparently is not as highly regarded as the joust, though. So he's yeah. kind of like, it's a joust or nothing. That's what's most important. Yeah. Apparently the joust, if you win the joust, you're considered the tournament winner, even if you only win the joust, which seems a little weird, but sure. That, that's the, the coup d'etat. I feel like sword fighting is more dangerous. Probably not, actually, Probably now that not. I think about it. I don't think so at all. <laughs> so he's still in the middle of this tournament, won the sword. Little side plot thing where Chaucer is naked again. We find out he's a gambling problem. So mm -hmm. basically, Will, it ups the stakes because Will really has to win or he can't pay off Chaucer's debts and he's probably going to get skinned. Yeah, something very bad is going to happen to him. All that really does is it's, I think it's funny because they get to make him naked again. And it just ups the stakes. Like, mm -hmm. Will, Will pretty much has to pull it out. So we find out Chaucer's a great hype man. He does, like, a little speech before Will goes out for his next set in the tournament, which is hilarious. Yeah. Highly recommend watching it for Chaucer alone. Seriously. Or, he, like, pull up a video of just his speeches. He does, like, WWE-style, like, entry, like, hype speeches, and they're wicked funny. Mm-hmm. But with, with that, I honestly think it works because then Will ends up winning the joust. Still? He... Oh, that's right. I forgot this is all the same first tournament. This is a long-ass yeah, tournament. The first tournament's really long. Holy hell. Okay, sorry, guys. I did just watch this, and I'm already all over the place. He wins that set, though. Yeah. Chaucer hypes him up, and he wins that set, and he knocks his opponent off the horse or whatever. So he has, like, a day's break, 
And he tries to get his armor fixed because his armor is really old and it wasn't built for him. It was built for Sir Ector. And he can't get someone to fix his armor because he doesn't have money right now. And he like kind of strikes a deal with this female blacksmith named Kate. And he basically says, the other people say you can't do it because you're a woman. And she just gets pissed and starts fixing his armor. Mm -hmm. So we're introduced to Kate. She's pretty cool. She's going to be around for a while. Spoiler. Now we're getting down towards the end of the tournament, finally. And we're introduced to Count Adamar. He is the champion of jousting. He's a real-life soldier. He's pretty much unstoppable. He's clearly the favorite to win this tournament. Mm -hmm. And we see him flirting with Will's nameless girl. The fox. Yeah, who he followed into the church. And she's being saucy with him, too, to be honest. Here he kind of explains the rules of jousting. You get a point for hitting someone in the chest. You get two points for hitting them in the head and three points for knocking them off the horse. And you only get three, three goes, basically, to do that and earn as many points as you can. I think it's first to three points or then you draw if nobody gets three points after three rounds, something like that. He explained the rules and I still don't know them. <laughs> anyway, it was good for me to have that context a little bit. It was so, actually, it was a fun way of fitting those rules into the movie without it feeling like a weird break. Like it was pausing and explaining something to the viewer, even though that's exactly what it was doing. Mm -hmm. it, it worked pretty well. So basically, Will comes up to the chick because he's in love with her and he's trying to flirt. and then. Count Adamar like insults him like mm -hmm. hardcore, like really owns him in these insults. And uh, Will gets pissed and he immediately is like, I don't like that Count Adamar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting insulted publicly in front of your crush. Typically, people don't like each other anymore. Yeah. But it kind of starts this rivalry right off the bat. So Adamar and no name girl watch Will joust some more. And Adamar is like, oh, Will is very fearless because, you know. He doesn't take his eye off the target, even if it means he's going to get splinters in his eye. So it's already setting up. This rivalry is already starting to build. And Adamar decides, you know, he's going to enter the tournament and he's going to win this tournament for No Name Girl. He's already in the tournament, but he says he'll win it for her. Whatever. Either way, he's <laughs> like, I got to I got to defeat this dude and I'm going to impress this girl and I'm going to destroy this this yep. young jouster new to the New, New to the, the game. Mm -hmm. Basically, it just comes to a final showdown between Adamar and Auric. And, you know, it, it starts off pretty tied. They're both getting equal points. No one's, like, overly winning. And then in the last round, I think Adamar, like, hits him in the face, in the head. And he gets two points to take the win. Or I he knocks remember, him off the horse or something. I don't he think doesn't he knock him off, him off the, horse. the horse. But I think they're tied at two, two lances. And then Will doesn't hit him and Adamar does. So he wins three to two. Either way, Adamar wins. And also his his lance has a fist on the end. That's the type of guy that he is. He would definitely have the fake balls hanging from his pickup yeah, he, truck. Yeah, he would have truck nuts. He would He's definitely. A truck nuts yeah, guy. he would. That was like, I guess that was the medieval version of truck nuts. Yeah, since your truck already has nuts. <laughs> Actually, they, I think they were using all woman horses, but anyway. I didn't really look. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Adamar wins and then... Oric is pissed and he's like embarrassed and he's annoyed and he like kind of pretty much vows that he's going to destroy Adamar one day yep. in, a, in a rematch. And as they're standing there getting their prize, we get Adamar's famous line, you have been weighed, you have been measured, and you have been found wanting. And that really pisses Will off. Yeah, that's kind of like this mantra he keeps playing in his head. Yeah. 
It's he, okay though, though, because Jocelyn, that's the the no name girl. Mm-hmm. She is. She really likes Oric anyway, and she tells him his her name, and she's like, "I want to match you at the ball, telling you what color tunic you're wearing." Um, they go to the ball and they dance together. So he really comes out a winner. Yeah. In in the long run. One little detail here though is they're so poor he literally doesn't have a tunic to wear. And so Roland, his friend, makes it out of a tent for him, which I thought was adorable. He's I like know. sitting there sewing it while he's learning how to dance. It's so cute. All his friends get together <laughs> to teach him how to dance. Because Kate the blacksmith, she's kinda in their crew now. Yeah. And she's teaching them how to dance too. So essentially there's like this weird dancing scene and jocelyn has like dyed hair that doesn't fit the medieval times at all i learned the word for that what anachronisms 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 yeah i learned the spelling of the word for that not the pronunciation (laughs) i never knew this it means a thing belonging or appropriate to a period other than that in which it exists so it's a literary term yeah i learned about it in ninth grade english lit And so this movie is full of that word. (laughs) Like the music in her fashion. The example that Wikipedia uses for a famous anachronism is um, Marty McFly singing Go Johnny Go 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 in the 50s. Anywho. (laughs) They dance. Jocelyn and Will fall more in love, although she thinks he's Sir Ulrich and not poor Squire Will. Mm -hmm. And Kate makes... Will some new, very lightweight armor with Nike swooshes on it. Yep. Another anachronism. So there's just this scene of Will competing in more tournaments. He's pretty good. He's winning everything, basically. Lots of scenes of cha- cha- Chaucer? Chaucer. Chaucer. I spelled that wrong Chaucer. in my notes. Yeah, a lot of scenes of Chaucer just hyping Will up. Having some funny little spiels in there. Brings us to this next tournament where Will's excited he's going to have a chance to compete against Adamar again. However, right before his more recent set, Adamar withdraws. And it's a big shock. People are like, why is he withdrawing? Turns out in that particular set, Adamar was going to have to fight Prince Edward of Wales, who's trying to compete in secret because he's heir to the throne. And he finds that out. He's like, oh, I can't fight him. If I kill him, that's horrid. And like, that's yeah. a big no-no. So he withdraws. However, Will, though, he doesn't give a shit. He lives for the competition. And he chooses to fight Prince Edward, essentially. And Edward is like very grateful that someone treated him like a normal human being. Yeah. Um. So they kind of bond over that. And Oric ends up winning that tournament because Adamar withdrew and they didn't get to face off again. Yep. And Oric is pissed about that. So he, like, snaps at Jocelyn and tells her, like, basically, she's a flower and she dresses herself up and she's good for nothing. And then she's like, well, a flower has never knocked a man off his horse either, basically saying his jousting isn't anything either. So they get into a fight. There's a really good line here where he he calls her a silly little girl and she says that she would rather be a silly girl with a flower than a silly boy uh, on a horse. Uh, what is it like with, uh, a with, with a stick on a horse and as she's walking away Watt goes it's called a lance hello oh my god it's one of my favorite lines in the whole movie me and my dad would literally just like say that to each other randomly <laughs> all the time oh it's really good <sighs> either way they get into a tiff he's pissing at the face off of Adamar and he snaps at her for it yep uh montage of Oric traveling across 
the European countryside, just crushing tournaments. Winning everything. Mm -hmm. Adamar gets called off to war. So he's like being a soldier again. So he can't compete. So basically, Oric is just like, he really just wants to beat Adamar and he keeps not having a chance to, to yeah. rematch him. Since the very first tournament they were in, they've never got to compete again. Mm -hmm. Funny scene of Oreg writing Jocelyn a love letter apologizing. All of his friends help him write it. There's a lot of tears. And she agrees she'll go see him compete in his tournament in Paris. Really big tournament. A very, very big tournament in Paris. Although Jocelyn read the letter and she was very moved, she's still pissed at Will. Yep. And Jocelyn says he's like trying to apologize to her and he's not really doing a great job. She wants more poetry, but it took him a long time to write the poetic letter that he wrote the first time. And he so had he help did. with all of his friends. Yeah. So it Starts was a team talking effort. about her breasts. Your breasts. They're below your throat. <laughs> so good. Oh, God. Anyway, she gets pissed. And then he's like, it's fine. I'll just win this tournament for you because I love you. And she was like, everyone tells me they're going to win a tournament for me. If you really love me, you would lose. Yep. So she tells him to prove your love. You just have to take your hits and lose, um, which is really bad timing because all of Will's friends decided to bet on him to win. And they put all of their money in a pool, like 100 percent of their money betting on Will to win. So very bad timing. So Will just takes all these lance hits and doesn't even try. Oh, it looked brutal. Very painful. Oh, my God. The, the spaghetti lances that they had, they really explode. And, oh, man, it looks brutal. It mm -hmm. looks so painful. Yeah. So his friends are pissed. And they're like, if you win, like, every single set for the rest of the tournament, there's a chance you might not completely lose and still get some money. Good timing, though, because then Jocelyn's like, well, now, if you love me, you'll win this tournament from here on out. And you'll yep. be the champion. So he's like, he's just like pissed, you know, but he's like, okay, I got to get my ga A game. And then he just goes out and he slays, basically. Wins slays. everything, wins the whole tournament. They win a ton of money because his friends bet on him and he got all the prize winning. Yep. So Will's like kind of on top of the world. Yeah, but really injured. They show him uh, like all the bruises and stuff on his body. It's ugh, carnage. He seems fine. <laughs> okay. He seems fine. <laughs> Didn't make him look too injured. I mean, I'm sure he's in pain, but anyway, he was on top of the world and he's about to be more on top of the world because Jocelyn sneaks into his tent and, you know, they go to pound town. Pretty much. That's what I wrote my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I said they banged. So we're, we're adults. Yeah. I just turned 30. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's going to be like this, the world champion of jousting. Mm -hmm. In London. So that's the next final tournament of this movie. They go to London. This hurts Will because this is his home. He hasn't been there in 12 years since his dad basically sold him off to Sir Ector to be a squire. Let him see the world. Mm -hmm. So we get some Will backstory. Will is really hyped, for, though, for this particular tournament because Adamar is going to be in this one. So yep. this is his chance finally to beat him. This is when we find out also that Adamar has been talking to Jocelyn's dad about a marriage proposal. Yep. So not only is Will now pissed because Adamar beat him in the one tournament and he's getting a rematch, but now he's trying to steal his girl. So things are off to a good start. Will's doing pretty good in the tournament so far. Hasn't faced off with Adamar yet. Oric goes to look for his dad because he's in his hometown now. 
His dad's still alive, luckily. Cute reunion scene. However, Adamar catches Will leaving his dad's house. And he kind of, he blows this case wide open. (laughs) Blows this case wide open. Wide open. (laughs) Goes straight to the top. All the way. All the way. Yeah. What if Sir Ulrich isn't actually noble? What if? He actually had his suspicions the whole time. Wait, wait, wait. Listen to me, though. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, turns out Adamar kind of like, you know, blows the case wide open. People find out Will is not noble. His friends are all warning him, you need to run away. You need to get out of here before you go to the stocks. And Will is like, no, F this. I'm changing my stars. I'm going to be a knight. I'm not a quitter. Yep. I'm going to go anyway. So... Will is immediately arrested. Yep. And then Adamar beats him up in jail. And then Will goes to the stocks. And um, we think the movie's over. There's what? no more hope for Will. <laughs> no, we don't. He's just in the stocks. <laughs> this is going to be the rest of his life now. That would be terrible. Our valiant hero is no longer a winner. He just fades to black and the credits roll and Heath Ledger's in the stockades. Like, well. Realistically, that would be what would happen. Bum, bum, bum. That'd be good. <laughs> I mean, that's probably what would happen <laughs> in real life. However, remember the Prince of Wales, Edward? I do. I do remember him. That Will decided he was going to joust, even though everyone else didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. He comes and he's like, your men love you. Speaking of like Watt and Roland and Kate, his like entourage. And, you know, you're so brave and you didn't withdraw and... My personal royal historians have found out that you do come from a noble line. And my word is beyond contestation. 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 I like that. Yeah. You can't basically, you can't say my word isn't true. Or I'll kill you because I'm a prince. I can do what I want. I have been anointed by God to be your leader. So you have to believe me. Anyway, he knights Will and lets him go from the stock. So now Will can compete. Yep. So now Will can compete as himself. He's no longer has to be Sir Ulrich. He is Sir William, and he gets to finish out the tournament. That scene was a little sweeter than you were making it out to be, though. I thought it was nicely done. It was fine. (laughs) They also did have a little bit more of a deep relationship than just that one joust, because he's the knight that Ulrich fought in his very first tournament, who got too injured to finish, but then they drew and then he withdrew. That was the same prince. Oh, it was? Yeah. I did not catch so that. So they had they had multiple encounters. I uh, literally did not catch that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was nice of him. That was good sportsmanship on Will's part. He yeah. decided to take a draw because the other guy was injured and asked him to. And then he pulled out so Will got to move forward, even though they drew. And I, I, I do like a good sport. Yeah. I really do like a good sport. And so. Adamar's like, why didn't he finish him and stuff? It was a good... Yeah. setting the juxtaposition and then the he characters. still fights him when he finds out he's the prince yeah so I that's, that's that. why the respect is there from the prince for will i like good sportsmanship yeah. i do i do i also just you know i don't think it's really believable that he would be pulled from the stockade by a prince but whatever <laughs> anyway now edamar is sweating because he thought he was gonna have to fight Oric and aka sir william yeah he has three aliases well they're not all aliases <laughs> It's a lot of name changes in this movie. (laughs) And he, I think he's a little worried he's not going to beat Will. Because we find out that Adamar, his little fist, Lance thing, the blunted Lance, he actually breaks off the blunted part and reveals a spike. 
Yeah, he had one specifically made mm-hmm. with uh, out of like sugar and sponge sugar. Yeah. So the the blunted part breaks because you're supposed to fight with the blunted lance so yeah. you don't kill anyone. Just like now, you throw javelins with a rubber tip instead of the spike. Yeah. In high school tournaments, at least. Bat. Well, that's just cheating. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes. I forgot that putting a metal tip on your lance was not cheating. I'm just saying for safety. <laughs> the, the cork in the bat isn't for safety. Yeah, that's fair. Putting a rubber tip on a javelin in high school sports is for safety. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, he basically, he wants to injure Will. Or kill him. Either or. He's probably fine with either. So, you know, Adamar and Will, they start charging their horses to do their lancing, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, the whatever. It's a tournament. <laughs> what? Charging their horses to do the lancing. Oof. <laughs> do you guys have a clear picture of what this looks like in your head? Yeah, they, they plugged in their horses Tesla style. It's the Energizer bunnies. <laughs> they got on their Energizer bunnies. And yeah, surprise, surprise, Adamar's pointed lance stabs Will yep. in the shoulder. And he's bleeding and he's in pain and he's having a hard time. And he can't hold on to his lance because it was in his lance arm. Mm-hmm. But Will's not a quitter. He tries again. Drops his lance because he's injured. He has one more go at Admar, and he's losing pretty bad right now. Two points to none. Yep. Will is like, can't breathe that my ar- with my armor on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it off. So mm-hmm. he takes his armor off, ties his lance to his arm, mm-hmm. and is like, okay, yep, yeah, I'm going to just... I'm going to just go now like this and I'll probably die. But and he I... has to knock him off his horse to win. That's his only option. And mm-hmm. hopefully also not die. Yeah. Which, lucky for our valiant hero, he manages to do just that. Mm-hmm. He knocks Adamar off his horse and somehow doesn't get hit by Adamar's lance magically. And he wins the tournament. He does. And he kisses Jocelyn. Right on the lips. And then Chaucer says, I think I'm going to write some of this down. Which is fun because. He wrote the Canterbury Tale. I can't say that damn Canterbury thing. Canterbury Tales. Thank you. Anachronism. And that's, that is the Knight's Tale. They also say when Count Adamar is laying on his back, all of the characters say to him, you have been weighed, you've been measured, and you have found wanting. Been found wanting, yeah. Been found wanting, yes. Yeah. They, they throw it right back in his face. Screw you, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So what'd you think? It was long. It was really long. And the pacing wasn't great. Yeah, but I, I don't think it was as terrible as it could have been for such a long movie. I think what they were trying to do were let some scenes develop and have it not just be action. And sometimes that worked and sometimes it didn't work as well. It worked well when it was scenes with Roland, Watt, and Kate and like the side characters. Those were really funny. Like they those were, were hilarious. So good. The scenes with Will, though, that just, like, did the character development or the plot points, or the scenes even with Jocelyn, I was just like, all right, let's speed this up. Yeah, I did think the scene with his dad was pretty solid, and some of the flash, the first flashback scene wasn't bad, the second flashback scene dragged a little bit. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. So the pacing was a little bit hit or miss, but it wasn't, like, to some drastic degrees that we've seen. Like, some movies you could literally cut, like, ten minutes out of a single scene. And it wouldn't have mattered. This one wasn't as bad. It was like a minute here, a minute there. I think you could have made this movie like an hour and 40 minutes, though. Cut out a whole 40 minutes? Oh, 30 minutes? I think you could cut like a half hour to 20 minutes out of this movie. Maybe. But for me, I do like some of the the side bits. where Because I think 
like I said in the opening, my take on this movie is it does a pretty good job not just being an action comedy movie and having like a plot that they're trying to like have a comeback story and like the story of an underdog and stuff that I, I liked just in a quirky setting. You can have an action comedy that has a plot, though. I think that's what this was. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I, I think that they used that time, the, some of those scenes that dragged a little bit to try to make this movie that. And sometimes it worked pretty well. Sometimes it didn't. Yeah, I'd agree. I don't I don't think there was like a. I wouldn't say it was a drama, though. Is that what you're trying to say? No, 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 no. OK. They put dramatic elements into it, maybe, is what I'm trying to say. Well, it's a movie. You need a little bit of stakes. <laughs> you need something going on. What did you like, though? Well, I guess on that note, right, like the stakes are there. And like you said, a lot of movies have that. But I think a close analog to what to movies that we've watched to this movie would be something like Happy Gilmore. There was high stakes in Happy Gilmore, dude. Yeah, but I didn't care His grandma was them. getting abused in a nursing home and he had to win. But it was just silly. Like, it, it was obviously silly. Like, it was obvious that he was going to win. It was obvious that she was going to get her house back type thing. I mean, it was very obvious Will was going to win this whole thing. Well, any movie, it's always obvious that the protagonist is going to okay, probably Okay, so don't have shit on Happy Gilmore for well, being obvious. My point is, I think they handled it a little bit more seriously than Happy Gilmore tried to handle it. It's not a knock on Happy Gilmore. It's just like, that's the closest analog that I can find. And I think, for me, it worked pretty well at times. Sometimes a drag. But what do I like? Like you said, the side characters, fantastic. Chaucer, Kate, Roland, Watt. Mm -hmm. All of them tremendous actors. They're really talented. I, at least those, the three men that I talked about. I just, I don't know what Kate went on to do, but the three men went on to have big roles in lots of big things. So star-studded cast, and they were really good. Also, Rufus Sewell, Sewell, he was the villain, Count Adamar. I thought he was a really, really good villain. I love him. He's a villain in everything he's in, though. Yeah. I really love that actor, though. He has that dark complexion, and he's good enough at, like, those serious faces and, like, little facial tics that it just works. He was um, Agamemnon in the Helen of Troy movie. Mm, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I really like him as an actor. He's also, um, you know the movie The Holiday with Cameron Diaz yeah. and Kate Winslet? Yeah. He's also kind of, like... The D-bag love interest, yeah. too. He just plays it well. I'm sure he's probably a nice guy in real life, but he does a great job playing someone that you don't like in movies. Yeah, and he really played up, like, the way that he portrayed thinking literally nothing of Will and then having that be progressed to feeling threatened by him but not being happy that he's feeling threatened by him was really good yeah you can see like i'm feeling threatened by him but like why the hell should i be threatened by this guy you could see him really struggling with that yeah and like some of it was the writing and the directing obviously but like he did a great job acting it in his facial expressions and his demeanor and his mannerisms like the dance scene as he's getting progressively frustrated and storms out and stuff it's it's really good i thought he was a great great counterpart to heath ledger mm -hmm. and then obviously heath ledger my god he's really good in this movie yeah, no, he did it. He did a great job. But acting, it was acted well. The whole movie was acted very well. Yeah. I would say, though, like Roland Watt and Kate and Chaucer, like yep. the Stooges, you know, I agree. They were hilarious. You I, can't say enough good stuff. No, you really can't. My favorite, though, was the one hype scene where Chaucer is introducing Will <laughs> and he talks about how he's a defender of, of Italian virginity. Yeah. So funny. He just pulled out these crazy white lies about Will and built up his character. It was so funny. I don't even think they're white lies. He literally is like, 
where he stayed in Bethlehem on the top of a mountain for a year in silence to better understand the sound of a whisper. (laughs) So good. His delivery on all of it, too. And like his little like smirks to himself when he's about to say something that he thinks is really clever. (laughs) He played it so good. Oh, he played like, we all know people who are like creators or like writers, you know, who just think very highly of themselves or like their knowledge and things like that. And I think he played a riff on that kind of person or archetype so well. Yeah. So well. He was in love with himself. Oh, he totally was. And he did such a good job. And then also him and Watt's relationship where they egged each other on. And like, obviously, Chaucer was way smarter than Watt. And so he was always like having little jabs and stuff at him. It was really fun. Their dynamic is great. I mean, I would watch like a a mini series of just like Roland Watt, Kate and Chaucer. <laughs> yeah, I would, I really would love a mini series <laughs> with just them. I also love how they used those scenes. It was literally like Will would go joust. They would have like a quick little like sideline and then they would like show another jousting scene like they filled the bit like they stuffed it into the cracks really nicely just like flowed really well when they were putting in their little one-liner jokes yeah i liked i liked those scenes more like i said i feel like the stuff that dragged was anytime will wasn't jousting like if we're doing his backstory or him and jocelyn's love scenes i was just kind of like eh. yeah those those were the hard ones for me um i also just love I love a good underdog story. I think this is a good underdog story, too. Mm -hmm. And I think in some ways he's an underdog only because of his birth. Mm -hmm. For the most part, he's still very talented. So he didn't really struggle too much outside of just hiding his background. I could have done a little more with him growing to be like a better tournament participant. Mm -hmm. Like I could have like I think that piece was a little unrealistic. Yeah. So that took away a bit from the underdog thing. Like, it's not like he only lost really one time. And then his mission was to beat that person. Yep. So I could have used a little bit more development there, but you, you always love an underdog story. Yeah. Especially when you have a very good villain. It, yeah. Which I think this movie delivered on. And then, like you said, I, I think really the only thing that Will struggled with was like his birth. That was really the only thing to to overcome. But I liked like it was definitely unrealistic how good he was at this. But I like how they kind of just made it as like he was courageous and tough. And I yeah. liked the type of tough that Will was. He wasn't like this big macho womanizer tough. He was just very prideful and very stubborn. Very prideful, for sure. And like they even said at one point, like he has a very rudimentary style. He's just fearless. Mm-hmm. So they did acknowledge that piece for sure. And I'm sure he got better throughout the movie as well. They just didn't really delve into that too much. Yeah. Like, he just wasn't afraid to get hit. And mm-hmm. that's that's basically what they said was, like, his saving grace as a as a jester. But I like how they incorporated that into all aspects of his character. Like, refusing to run away and stuff like that. And refusing to give up on Jocelyn when she, like, was playing hard to get. Yep. So, like, I don't super like Will's character, to be honest. And it's probably because he is pretty prideful. Mm-hmm. Just because as a kid, if we ever did anything prideful, we would get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been ingrained in my head. It's a bad quality, although I don't think it's necessarily a bad quality. You know what no. I mean? Yeah. But and it was balanced by him not being an asshole. Yes. He was very prideful of himself, but he wasn't showboaty. He wasn't chauvinistic or any other bad qualities that can come with it. For sure. And he really cared about his friends and he wasn't like bragging necessarily. 
like when he helps Chaucer, who he barely knows mm-hmm. when he's naked and about to get flayed by the gamblers. Yeah. No, I think they did balance his character well. They made him multifaceted, which I liked. Yeah. I could have done without some of the backstory, though. Yeah, it dragged. And I did put it in my notes. I like that he was actually knighted, although I think it was unrealistic. Yeah. I do like that he was actually knighted because that was kind of... You find out way too late in the movie that as a kid he did want to be a knight. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they could have incorporated that a little earlier for a better story. It kind of felt a little thrown in because they, they kind of did his backstory like in the last third of the movie. I feel like it would have been a little bit more natural to get that earlier. They introduced the idea of it pretty early because he's using this phrase, a man can change his stars from the very opening scene, mm-hmm. which I think is like like divination type thing, you know, where the star, the alignment of the stars and stuff impacts like your your destiny. So it's written in the stars. And so he's like, well, you can change your stars. You can change your destiny. So they they incorporated that early, but they didn't make it explicitly like the stars he's trying to change is to make himself a knight. They made it seem more like it was. To be able to compete and just get money, basically. Yeah. I think in the early part, he said, like, maybe the first time he was jousting, he's like, I've waited so long for this or something like that. I don't remember that. But, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't super obvious for sure. I just I, I don't know. It felt a little um rushed at the end that like, oh, wait, this has been something he's wanted forever. Yeah. So I don't know. And the last big like that I have is I actually really like the anachronisms. I really liked the incorporation of modern music they had. And I think it held up very well because they picked very obvious classic songs. Obvious classic songs that were obvious for the scene that they were in most of the time. Mm -hmm. Boys Are Back by Thin Lizzy. Queen's We Will Rock You. Golden Years by David Bowie. Our George Lopez theme song. I think I read somewhere that David Bowie said that was one of his favorite uses of that song was in this movie. I didn't super like the dance scene, but it got better when David Bowie started singing and they switched out of like old timey quartet music. You know what I mean? That's another one that I have like a flashbulb memory of. The first time I watched this with my dad, we were like, as the music slowly started to turn, we were like, what the hell is going on? And my dad, I think, was picking up on the fact that it was going to be Golden Years. And then when it switches into it, we lost it. (laughs) I think we actually rewound to watch it again because it it took us so by surprise. I mean, they use they use really good music. Last couple of shadows is taking care of business and ACDC's You Shook Me All Night Long. Yeah. Which is at the end when he's macking it with Jocelyn. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I like the usage of modern music. Yeah. It, it it was fun. It like added, it added to the world building. It helped you remember that it was a silly movie. You didn't really need reminding, but I think it worked well for it. And they were classic enough and fit the mood well enough that I think even if you don't know those songs, you'd be like, oh, that's a fun song for this situation. Yeah. I like just having like rock and roll in a medieval time. Yeah. The two things that I like that we haven't mentioned, the costumes and sets were really pretty damn solid. Yes, the costumes and sets were good. I hated anything Jocelyn wore, though. Yeah, she was like was the only weird. one with modern type costuming, and it felt weird Yeah, it, to have her be the only one. It was like literally high fashion, where like what she was wearing, like no one would ever wear. It was like she was about to go down the runway, it which felt... I think was a stylistic choice and like a characterization choice, but I did it didn't land for me. Yeah, it felt like the style itself felt very like late 90s, early 2000s. It wasn't bad, but it, it just that pulled me out of it because she was like the only one in like more modern costuming. And like she had that thing with her, the tips of her hair dyed and like really straight hair. 
that was put up in a bun. So like the end tips were like really straight and flew out. Yeah, like you know spiky I mean? hair and stuff. Yeah, I, I I wasn't a fan personally. Kate at one point had green tips on her hair. I don't remember that, but I don't doubt it. But yeah, out outside of Jocelyn, I think the costumes and set design was really, really solid. They also used it some painted backgrounds, which I really love. I, I, I think it's from doing theater where we would use those as our backdrops on stage. I just really love a painted background. Mm-hmm. I, I did like how um, most of it was outside, so it was probably easier to transform you back into a... An older time. Yeah. I think that was a strength for them when it came to set design. And then outside of the rock and roll, modern music that they put in, they had a couple of like not quite orchestral pieces. It was more just like very simple, like medieval music. And I kind of liked it. It was very, very simple. But I don't know. I I kind of enjoyed their use of like original music in here. It could have been nostalgia, though, because it hit me right away and I was able to like come along to it. But I kind of liked how simple it was. Like Count Adamar's theme was very simple. It was really just like, bom, 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 you know, mm-hmm. but it was good. So th- those are my likes. Yeah. No. Oh, I- and the stunts. I already called that out in the opening, but damn, the stunts were wicked impressive. So good. Felt very, very, very real. And it, I guess that's because a lot of it was very real. I mean, like that one scene where the knight falls off his horse and skids across the dividing fence oh my between God. them my and then falls on his hurt. head. Oh my god. Like, man, this, the stunts were really impressive, and they looked painful as hell. <laughs> and the actors and stunt people that they had in this movie committed. Well, made the stakes <laughs> high. Again, it made the stakes high for Will, because he could seriously get very injured. Yeah, you really believed that it was, like, painful and dangerous, which I think was cool. Mm-hmm. So, those are my likes. Spaghetti lances. Spaghetti lances. I do like that. Uh, but tell me what maybe didn't age as well for you. The pacing was bad. It was long for me, Mm -hmm. parts of it. And like, I keep saying this, but some scenes with Will's backstory just were really long and slow. And any like the love scene, like flirting stuff with Jocelyn just felt long. Yeah. Probably also because another dislike I had was I really wasn't a fan of the love story in this movie. I wasn't like rooting for them, you know? Yeah. I think you're more just rooting for Will to have good things happen to him than like, you're invested in those two people and you want them to be together. Like you've got mail, right? You're like, I want these two to be together. They're so compatible. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. This one, you're just like, they I like cared... each other. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. I cared way more about him beating Adamar and winning money <laughs> yeah. than him being with Jocelyn. And sometimes his love for Jocelyn kind of got in the way of those goals. And I felt sad for his team because they kind of were in it together as a team. And yeah. sometimes will, because he was stubborn and in love, he kind of focused on that as a priority, and it jeopardized some of his stuff with his teammates. Yeah. So, I don't know. I also, obviously, the love at first sight thing I have a problem with. Mm. I really struggle with those kinds of things, because as Jocelyn actually pointed out, usually that's just based on looks. Mm-hmm. And then also... <laughs> she does ask him when he accidentally rides his horse into the chapel. She's like, would you love me if I wasn't beautiful? And he's like, No! And then she reacts to it, and he's like, yes. <laughs> I like how they call it out, obviously. But yeah. I always struggle. Like, they literally spent no time together, and they were in love. But yeah. whatever. Anyway, the other thing I'm not a fan of is the whole, like, prove your love to me thing. And I'm not, like, a big fan of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, like, when she's like, lose everything, and then win everything if you really love me. Like, yeah. not a huge fan of that. I do understand, though. 
at the time, women did not have a lot of power. And maybe this is one her one way to kind of exert that control. I yeah. get that. I'm not trying to like shit talk Jocelyn, but in general, like those kinds of love stories irk me. Yeah, that's one thing I, I said in the intro is like I was I'm was struggling to remember how her character was used. It was good. It was OK. I mean, like, I think my problem with Jocelyn is more I just didn't really like her as a character and less so like she was a good character ruined by like being overly weak or something like that. I think they tried to make her a strong woman, quote unquote, because they tried to make her like very sarcastic and sassy. Yeah. And um, kind of giving Will shit. You know what I mean? And making him work for it. And she was like the only character in the movie like that, really. Everybody else kind of tried to live in the time period in a way. Mm -hmm. She just like didn't. It, her character was basically not even acknowledging it was the 1400s. No, maybe Kate. Like Kate, you know, she was obviously a woman working as a blacksmith, which was probably very uncommon yeah. back then. Um, but her character outside of that, her character like acted like she lived in that time period. Yes, 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 yes. So I don't know. I think they tr they tried to make her like a strong woman. And I just she was fine. I'm just like not a fan of their love story, to be honest. It felt kind of like forced. Like we have to have a love interest, obviously. It definitely comes across as that, which I don't like. No, I, I, I cared more about Will's journey as a Lance. Yeah, person. a Lance boy. A Lance boy. I think it would have. Honestly, I think that they could have spent a lot less time with the love and still had it be there. Probably still had the like prove your love to me bit. But I think where it fell flat was when they were trying to have scenes where it was like, look at how cute they are together. It's like, I don't care. You're not doing a good job at this. So just stop. They played a lot of games. I don't know. And then like his whole like outburst at her basically at that one point when he was pissy that he lost and he like snapped at her like, oh. I don't know. I liked that more as a character building of will than anything else yeah for sure i don't know it was just like okay you saw this one person one time and you're in love at first sight and then he snaps at you like jocelyn's not going to be giving them time of day anymore yeah you know what i mean so whatever that was kind of my my biggest dislikes and outside of that like i had some issues with will's character but i'm also acknowledging that's partially just me and my values he wasn't like a bad person though at all yeah like and his personality traits aren't personally attractive to you no, they're not. But I, I think he was overall like a good guy, right? And yeah. it was acted very well. So those are my those are my dislikes. I personally love cocky, driven, motivated people. So I like them. I like driven and motivated people. <laughs> I'm just not some of the like pridefulness or the smugness like rubs me yeah. the wrong way. I do think it was a a pretty gar darn good writing of that though. I think that those can be hard to get right, like I said earlier, and I think they did it well. Anything else that you want to call out? I mean, the scene of him being reunited with his dad was fine. It's a little over the top for me. Oh, I thought it was pretty sweet. His blind dad being it, like, who's there? And he's like, I have a message for you from your son. And he changed his stars. And I thought that was really nice. Yeah, it was fine. Maybe I'm just feeling a little cynical right now. <laughs> it was catching me on a bad day. And I'm kind of just like, eh, take it or leave it. I'm, I think as a human, I'm pretty okay with like, corny stuff sometimes i think that one was verging on a little bit corny yeah but yeah that was a nice tale what do you think for you was it a wine it or age? a milk yeah i think that this one is a wine there were definitely pacing issues and stuff but overall i had a good time with it like we watched it last night and i'm still like you know thinking about it and being like hey that was fun and oh my gosh that scene was funny and stuff so 
for me, it held up. I had an enjoyable time watching it, and I think it was like good enough that I would still recommend it to people. I, I'm I'm having trouble picking out anything where I'm like, yeah, this wasn't worth it anymore. How about you? I definitely thought it was a lot funnier and a much better movie when I was younger. Like, I, I think, like, my memory of it as a kid was much stronger than on the rewatch. That being said, I don't think it's a milk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's still a wine. Probably not as strong of a wine for me. Mm-hmm. But it was enjoyable enough. It was still enjoyable enough. And it was still funny. Like, to be honest, we talked about, like, pop culture being potentially an issue. And I don't think that was at all. I'm actually surprised at how yeah. little of an issue it was. Exactly. So, like, that was a great thing. I mean, it it was fine. It's a good movie. It's funny. But it's not... I think I remembered it with more rosy glasses than maybe it deserved. Yeah. I, I think that's really fair. I think that this is honestly, like, a kind of good background movie. Where, like, if you're the type of person who can, like, watch a movie and, like, be on your phone or, like watching it with other people and like chatting and stuff. I think this is a good candidate for that because you don't really need to be invested in the entirety of the plot or every single scene to have a good time and enjoy it at the end. It's a great movie for my mom. She <laughs> puts movies on movie and then like gets up mom. and leaves and like cooks for a little bit and comes back and then lets the dogs out and comes back. She never sits and watches something in full. Like if you want a movie that you can kind of zone out to, this is a great candidate. Is that a good thing though for a movie? Sometimes I think it is. Depending on what you're wanting. And, like, that was a problem for me, honestly. Like, I felt myself, like, looking at my phone, and I really try not to do that. Yeah. And I, I was looking at my phone, to be honest, for parts of this movie. Yeah. Mostly the Jocelyn scenes and mostly the Will character development flashback scenes. Yeah. I was having a hard time. But yeah, like I said, I, I think overall it was still pretty funny. I would definitely recommend it to people, especially if you're looking for, like, a little bit of a zone-out movie. But even if you're not, I think you it, you could still get something out of it. It's a solid comedy. And probably the strongest part of all of it is just that the actors are so solid. I feel like this movie would be a milk if it was the wrong actors. Oh, easily. The charm and the just the comedy and the charm and the good vibes that come from this movie are all from the people that are are acting it. And I think that for me held it up and propped it up enough to get past the pacing issues, really. I would agree. So, yeah, that's my take. Cool. I'm happy I watched it, though, and that's probably, like, the biggest marker for me of how something aged. Yeah, but that's probably a lot of nostalgia, though. Ton of nostalgia. Yeah. But it held up, right? Like, Free Willy, I'm sad I watched it because it completely obliterated my nostalgia of that movie. That's (laughs) a movie that shall not be named in this household. I know. We need to get another, like, upsetting milk in here so that we can stop referencing Free Willy every time. Oh, that was probably the worst movie we watched. It was pretty tough. I mean, like, that could have been 45 minutes. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we've we've had this tangent like 100 times this episode. So that was a night's tale. I'm happy we watched it. Wine, wine for us. What are we watching next, Jess? We are watching our next listener recommended movie. I'm really excited to do this. I had a ton of fun with our first listener episode, so I'm I'm excited to do it again. Yeah. So this week I get to pick the listener suggestion yep. for this month. And... We are going to be watching Matilda, recommended by Jenna from Massachusetts. I'm so excited to watch this one. I remember seeing it when I was a little kid, having a huge crush on the little girl and wishing I like could do the stuff that she was doing. It's a, it's it's going to be a good one. And it's Roald, Roald Dahl. Ronald, it's not Ronald. There's no N. No, it's not Ronald. Ronald. 
I always want to call him Ronald. Ronald Donald. Ronald McDonald <laughs> wrote this uh, book, and um, it was the inspiration for this movie. Mm-hmm. No, but I'm excited because I love his books growing up, and we should do a James and the Giant Peach episode one day, too. And what I remember is the little girl in this, the actress. She's from Mrs. Doubtfire, the same one from Mrs. Doubtfire. It is, right? Mm-hmm. She And she was in a couple of other things, and she's really solid. She's so good. Really, really solid. Yeah, I just, I remember liking it, and I'm, ex- I'm part of why I'm so excited that this is a listener pick is I probably wouldn't have thought to watch this one. Mm-hmm. It was really, this is why I like the list, the idea of the listener episode is you guys get to tell us what to watch, and it brings things back to me that I forgot are nostalgic, and now I'm hyped to watch it, because I, like I said, I probably never would have remembered to watch this. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, no, I can't wait, and I'm just excited to watch some magic on screen, to be honest. Yeah. Bring us back to Halloween again. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, thanks for listening. If you like what you're listening to, you can rate, review, and subscribe for your convenience. You can reach out to us if you want to send us a listener suggestion. We love your suggestions. Definitely. We're at Weiner Milk on Twitter, at Weiner Milk Podcast on Instagram. We have an email, WeinerMilkPodcast at gmail.com. We have our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Weiner Milk. And we have a website, WeinerMilk.com. Winermilkpodcast.com. Nope. <laughs> Winermilkpodcast.com. Winermilk.com. Who knows what that is? So, it, you know what the frustrating thing is about that one? What? It's, it's not being used. And yearly, it would only be $15. But what they want is to buy the rights for the domain is $5,000 for the first year. And then it's only $15 a year after that. Isn't that frustrating? I know nothing about buying rights to domains. So, oh. I'll let you. Like, it would be one thing if it was $5,000 every year, but just $15 every year after that, they're just squatting on it and ruining our podcast's domain. It's okay. I think we're fine with winermilkpodcast.com. We are. It just makes me mad when people do that on domains. Anyway, little tangent, <laughs> little ranty tangent. Thank you all so, so much for listening. I'm really pumped for our next listener episode. Please reach out to us if you like what you're listening to if you don't like let us know what you don't like but most importantly if you have any suggestions let us know because we are going to be doing another listener episode in february so get your suggestions in and maybe we'll pick and thank you jenna for your suggestion take care and have a great day